Welcome to episode eight of Behind the Business Podcast with me, Danny Champion. This is a podcast where I talk to anybody and everybody in the music industry to find out what they do and more importantly, why the hell they chose to do it. This week's podcast is a conversation with Skip Curtis, lead singer and one of the songwriters in the band X, Y and O. Uh, X, Y and O was the principal focus for the chat. I wanted to find out just how it all started because it's a very interesting story. Um, X, Y and O did not start out as a band, yet it has morphed and evolved into one and it's had some really, really great success. I actually work with Skip um, at a couple of universities at the moment. So there are students in and around the Southwest region that do get Skip's insight into the music industry on a daily, weekly basis. But for now, you will have to make do with this 50 minute conversation I had with Skip back in August of this year. So enough of me, here's Skip Curtis. The big thing that I wanted to talk about really for this one was the band, mm-hmm. X, Y and O, and just get your take on it really on what it is how it's gone how it's developed how it started Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff so i thought kind of you just crack on yeah i'll interject at any at any moment really so what it is is enigmatic um (laughs) i think that's a a problem that we've had or we faced but then i quite like the fact that it's that so it's it's a problem and uh, and an intrigue as well so it started out uh, you know, this isn't me giving you anything exclusive, or, or and I've said it many times, but it was an accident, really, that that band came about. Right. It was me and uh, my mate, really, my friend called Tudor from Barry, and we wanted to we wanted to write songs. I mean, to to rewind slightly further, I guess then, I was managed as as a producer, right, um, and a songwriter, but it was very much. Uh, producer was leading the way in the old school sense of producer now. So I would find young bands or cool artists who I thought I could make sound better by taking them into a studio and working with uh, another really good friend who was, who was a top engineer and I would suggest arrangements and things like that. So I, was, you know, I got managed by a company called This Much Talent, which was great in, in Notting Hill they were based, the old Psalm Studios. Um, and I was finding bands and taking them in. It was great and I loved doing that, but really it was the songwriting that I wanted to do more of. So I said to my old manager at the time, and this is going back maybe, you know, I'd finished university, so maybe five, six years ago, I'd guess. Yeah. 2013, 12, 13-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I want to write more songs. So she knew that I could sing a bit, but I didn't really do it. I, know I could sing in tune or whatever. So she said, all right, skip, write some songs. We will pitch them to people um, because I was still living down in Cardiff and there's always that dilemma of if you're in London you get sent into sessions you know if you're a nobody and you're in Cardiff you aren't really going to get people to come down to you Mm -hmm. 
So me and my friend Tudor, I said, I'll write some top lines, I'll write some melodies, ideas, because he was a, a beat maker, um, you know, an instrumental producer. Yep. So we wrote some songs with the intention of shipping them off to other people or around to see if anybody wanted to use them, essentially. So we did that, we wrote them, we recorded them, you know, cheaply, and we put them on SoundCloud. And rather than it being under Skip Curtis and Tudor Davis, which, you know, is a weird double act, um, we put them under the, the, or I put them under the band name X, Y, and O, which was just, again, it wasn't a band name as such, it was just a mysterious, what is that? Is that a person? Is it a collective of people? How did you come up with that? Oh, it's just finding a name that hasn't been taken. <laughs> it's so hard. There was no kind of thought process. You were just kind of spitballing around. And yeah, and it, maybe. I mean, the only thought process that went into it was that I, I felt like the. I guess I wanted to do it, you know, a a, a sequence of letters rather, okay. than, rather than a name, um, and then you know finding one that isn't an acronym for a drugs company or something, um, <laughs> which is going to get you in trouble, or you don't want the connotation. Did it start off as X, Y, and Z? I don't know if I don't know what it was. No, I tell you what, it, it was originally actually, and I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, it was originally youth, and then you know realizing very quickly that there's a huge producer called Youth. There was lots of artists called Youth. There was a, a, a guy called Le Youth who right. just released something around about the same time. So then I thought, ah, oh, straight away, I just thought, no way am I going to ever find a band name that's not been taken. Youth was a cool word. It kind of fitted the sound I think that we were going for, um, and me just being forget it. Then I just went right. I'll come up with something totally different. Mm -hmm. That's a sequence of letters that you you know don't see that much of again now, as we'll come on to I guess because there's music everywhere now. You can find X Y and whatever yeah. uh, X and Y, um, and I felt like it rolled off the tongue slightly. And then the the only way I jammed a kind of meaning into it since we subsequently have become an, a band and people go, where did the name come from? So I've kind of had to go back and, and make up an answer, really. Um, and I've said lots of different for things. For your press releases. Yeah, exactly. literally for the press releases. Let's try and come up with something that's worth saying rather than... Just felt like it Not rhymed, but felt like it flowed. Um, so just by probably by fluke rather than by design, um, we, we, each of us has one of those letters in our name you know so my middle name is Alexander so I got the X right Nick has got a Y because his surname <laughs> is Kelly and Tudor's got a you know genuinely his name is Tudor Davis but it's just a nonsense reason you know and it sounds pathetic so um, but yeah. that's as good as any I think I've made up answers to interviews in the past that have been crazy nice. um <laughs> So we put them under this name, and then Nick, so Nick was the, the guitar player who, again, I knew from, from being around Cardiff and, and, and being a really, mm -hmm. really great musician, really unusual musician as well. He, um, I asked him to play guitar on some, uh, kind of as a session player, really, and then we just liked the vibe of the three working together, so very quickly two became three, and X, Y, and O as, as a writing project was the three of us. Mm -hmm. In the early days, it was Tudor making beats, making the electronic elements that you hear, Nick playing all the guitar parts and me writing all the top line. Um, and it was definitely a writing to start with. project. Yeah. So you were, you were very much a, right, the three of us are, are a songwriting trio, we're going to write tracks and then those tracks are going to get pitched out to 
others and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, really, you know, or or, or production trio as well. You know, if if, if we, we thought we could do that, but mm -hmm. really it was let's just see if anybody wants to use these songs or if anybody likes the sound of these songs and will then say, can you work on an existing one I've got or can you write something else for me? Mm -hmm. um, then we put them online on the SoundCloud, and this is then where the, the, the story started to, to, well, you see the route it went down. So these songs got blogged quite a lot. Um, the, the initial two, really, a song called Lights On was the first one, um, and then a song called Low Tide came Was out. that just purely by accident? Pretty or much. was that because people were throwing them out there and people were listening to them? Because I'm guessing you had an agent or someone at least pitching those songs, kind of sending them out to various people? I mean, my manager at the time would have a little bit, but I stopped working with them quite quickly after because I found, you know, it, it, I, was very, I was a small fish among some very large fish in that management company. She had producers like Jim Abyss, who was doing Adele and Kasabian and Arctic Monkeys and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at the time she had uh, Liam Howe, who, uh, and it was at the time when he'd just done the FKA Twigs stuff from when she was you know hugely popular mm -hmm. um when she really burst on the scene so she her my old manager's time was being very much pulled in favor of those artists mm -hmm. i've absolutely held nothing against it she was lovely and you know we didn't leave anything on a negative way yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was i'm in cardiff i'm kind of having more i'd be more productive just pursuing my own interests really let's just for the sake of it and me not hasting you and you not feeling like you have to owe me some, some work or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we split um, and I started doing my own thing. So nobody was really pushing these songs out. All we did really was put them on SoundCloud, you know, emailed a couple of bloggers saying, this is our music. I think, um, you know, we put them onto Reddit and stuff just because that's what people were using. And my, some of my friends were like, oh, I'll post it on Reddit and see if anybody likes it. And then all of a sudden we were getting messages to our SoundCloud page, and I think we had a Facebook page by this point, saying, are you guys playing at so-and-so venue that we'd never heard of? Or, you know, I heard you guys on TRFZ FM or whatever. Mm -hmm. Again, we'd never heard of these things. We didn't know what was going on. Why, none of these are Cardiff-based. Yeah. People are asking us if we're playing venues that, and when we Googled them, these venues are in America. Right. And they're primarily in, in San Diego. And it turns out there's a Cardiff by the sea in San Diego. And our sound being very American. <laughs> was, so just because there's another Cardiff yeah. in San Diego in the States. So that's what they assumed. And I, I guess our sound was seen to be more, you know, like everybody sings with an American accent. Um, Maybe, and because it was this weird enigmatic thing you couldn't clearly see and we were so mysterious intentionally because we didn't really know we weren't a band. Mm -hmm. So when you looked on SoundCloud, it didn't say X, Y, and O are a three-piece from, um, you know, Cardiff from UK, Cardiff, UK, and yeah. they do this, this. It just said X, Y, and O Cardiff or whatever. I think that's what it said. So it was, and then we got, we were getting played on college radio in the US. You know, they'd say all Happy accident. Yeah. It was just, you bunged it up on SoundCloud and then stuff happened. So there's no formula here. There's no, right, I did this and then a week later we pushed it to here. I mean, there was, there was a, a very limited, or let's say a very small effort, probably mostly on my behalf, only because of my background being 
slightly more industry than the other two boys in that I did a little bit of sort of A&R scouting when I was in my last year of uni and kept the blog and, mm-hmm. and I'd met more industry people through my management as a, as a producer. So yeah. I kind of un- understood that process of you need to have you know, an initial push and a spike of interest. In but for instance, you weren't going, well, I've got a few mates via my old manager, so mm. I'll throw it out to them, see what they can do. And you, you weren't kind of doing that. It was a little bit of, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, I played, I sent stuff to yeah, people I'd met in the industry, but okay. they were all in London. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, They're cool, not. Skip, all right, whatever. Like, you know, we're busy. Alt-J, it was kind of 2012, and it was all that. So then when you get me coming along going, oh, I'm from the valleys, but I've made this West Coast, the US pop stuff. Yeah. They just kind of were like, oh, you know, I think they were just um, being polite in listening to what <laughs> I was sending them and going, cool, let us know if you do anything else. Yeah. Um, so to get the interest coming from America was totally unplanned. And, and, you know, if there was a blueprint to how to, not that we broke America or anything, but no, if there was but- a blueprint to how to get more interest in, in America, I would, you know, I'd write it and monetize it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But sadly, it was, I think it was just a, a random piece of luck and accident with an, an influence of kind of some sort of plan to it, by the, in, by, only by putting it on SoundCloud or, or Reddit, you know, and, and emailing literally a handful of blogs, most of which didn't pick up and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to get it, it was the, the weird thing was getting it on the radio in the US. I still yeah, don't yeah. know how they did that because they must have ripped it from SoundCloud or something mm-hmm. and played it. We weren't on Spotify or anything at this point. And we got an email again or a message to the Facebook page from a Florida station saying, oh, we, we've been playing your song and it's been, you know, we've had callers asking what it is and it's gone into like our hot 10 of the week or whatever it was. Um, so we just want to find out more about you guys. Can you do a phone interview? Can you know? We're again thinking we're American. None of them were put off by the fact that we weren't. They just mm-hmm. kind of thought that was oh okay, you're British. That's fine. We still play it. But again, we weren't really a band at this point. It was just oh, some of our songs are being played and blogged and streamed or SoundCloud streamed at least yeah, at that yeah. point. Um, and then we 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 then started getting messages from management companies and stuff in the UK and America, mm-hmm. saying, who are you? You know, are you a band? Are you playing? Can I come and see you? And we, again, we just kind of ignored them because we had no real intention. And then there was one particularly persistent individual who, who kept messaging it. Was, and he was messaging the page. And I remember it was, it was around Christmas time. So I was just ignoring it because I was kind of in charge of the page at this point. Now I'm the opposite. Now I'm not on any of our social media. I don't do any of it. Um, <laughs> but at the time I was... I was in charge of the page, and I just kind of I hope it, I hope it wasn't through arrogance, but or, or just being in, in not very nice. But I, I think it was because it was Christmas and there was stuff going on, and I was kind of ignoring this guy's message to the band page, thinking we'll play the kind of cool elusive thing and maybe get back to him in the new year. Um, and then he then messaged me. He found out because I think I must have had a skip website as a producer writer saying I've written songs for this entity X, Y, and O. Right. So he then managed to figure out, he messaged me saying, hi, Skip, I'm trying to track down this band called X, Y, and O. Can you help me find them? Because I've seen that you've worked with them. And I was, I, I, I didn't tell him. I went, oh, yeah, you know, I thought maybe, all right, he's persistent. He, he obviously means business in some way. 
So then I replied from the X, Y, and O page saying, oh, sorry, I missed your messages, you know, come down to Cardiff if you want to meet us. I didn't tell him that it was me behind the scenes of both yeah. until we met in person. And I went, oh, by the way, you messaged Skip, you messaged Skip <laughs> asking if he'd work with this band. It's just me as well. Um, so then he basically met us and said, this guy called Alex, and he said, um, are, you a, are you a real band? And if you aren't, can you become one? Because I want to manage you, I think it could be interesting. <laughs> I love that. Can you become a band, please? <laughs> so what was the timeline? What are we looking at? From, from kind of the three of you definitively getting together as a songwriting group yeah. and writing these tracks to when you decided to go, looks like we're going to have to be a band now. Yeah. Well, Tudor was still at university. I think he, he had another year or so behind me. I think he's a year, he's a year or two years younger than me. So I rem- kind of, I can't, I d- well, can't obviously tell you exactly, but I'm pretty sure we were, we were writing some of the early ideas as he was finishing his year up in university. So it would have been, you know, April, May, June time. We then recorded them over that summer, mm-hmm. I think. And this is probably 2013, I think, or 14. We then recorded them. I think we put them out probably just as he went back to university, which would have been, you know, September, October time. Mm-hmm. They then, maybe slightly later than that, because I think they were up doing the rounds for like a, maybe a month, two months online before this, because I said it was Christmas time when he got in touch, um, to the point of when we said, okay, you can manage us. So we, we had a, you know, call it two thirds of a year or six months, at least, um, yeah. it was at least six months, you know, through that, through the latter half of the year, really, uh-huh. where stuff went up and it started to generate plays and things like that, to yep. the point where a manager said around Christmas time, or, or I think we met him straight away at the start of the new year, um, where he said, "Cool, you know, I want to manage you." We said, "All right, you know, you're, he was young, enthusiastic." Mm-hmm. So we went from this. So it was really, yeah, I guess, call it, call it, eight nine months really, okay. where, this, where this all materialised. Um, we then released. Our, our next song, Low Tide, in, I think it was probably the April or the May of that following year. Then this is all self-released. Yeah, still, still early to this day. Yeah. Um, so we released Low Tide, and that was the one that then, we released that one properly, because we now had a manager. It was, put this on the Spotify, you know, put it on the SoundCloud as well, mm-hmm. uh, and on the, U- on, on the YouTube, on the YouTube, um, <laughs> on that old YouTube, and put it on, onto YouTube and things like that. So yeah, we, yeah. that was a, a more calculated release where we are now X, Y, and O, mm-hmm. you know, we're, a th- we're a three piece or whatever. Um, and that is the song that did, again, I, I feel wrong in putting it, because it's by no means a massive well-known hit or anything, but that's the song that really did the damage on, on Spotify and stuff, because it got streamed a lot yeah. um, for, for a band of our size. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, so that, that came out, yeah, in about the, about April or May, I remember being at a wedding um, with, with my mates, just, you know, another friend getting married, um, and it was a really bad signal, and I got a text from our manager saying, congratulations on the top 10, thoroughly deserved, and sent me an, an image, but I couldn't open it because my signal wasn't good enough. Right. And the other boys we, you know, on our, were messaging saying, oh, this is really cool, you know, amazing, how did this happen? And they like screenshot and stuff, but I couldn't see any of this. So I just thought, well, I don't know what's going on. Sure, you know, clear, it's not gonna be in the top 10 singles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we found out that it had gone into Spotify at the time, their viral world 
global top ten, it had been it gone in at number seven or six or something. Right. Um, and our plays were all of a sudden going up to the hundreds of thousands to the millions on, on that one track. Mm-hmm. Um, really weird. And to be honest, we've still to this day been trying to keep up with, with that one song because we hadn't played a gig at this point. I think we maybe had played one by the time that Do you got any idea how that happened? It was put into New Music Friday playlist, US, which helped. Well, that's the big one, isn't it? Um, and this is probably just ahead of the curve where those playlists, I guess, maybe, I don't know at all how it's... Well, so this is what, 2014 or 2015? I think it was probably 2014. Okay, so... Four years ago, yeah, it's probably just before everybody went. It's all streaming now. Yeah. The only thing with we're going to concentrate on is streaming. So there was a slight, not I, totally sure what this streaming thing is. Yeah. And so it was probably at the very tail end of that, bands could, could just be discovered. Yeah, and, and, and the, the ratio of major label signed artists to, uh, to unknown artists was probably... Uh, more in favour of the not more yeah, in yeah. favour but you had more chance as an unsigned artist yeah. now it's it's very heavily major label artists as, mm-hmm. as everybody knows um, so it got put into that playlist but then it, it then kind of snowballed into lots of other ones off the back of that one yeah. you know people just said well you've got one playlist and you all of a sudden got X amount of billion plays but that was the, the catalyst really that mm-hmm. one playlist um, you know we've, we didn't get new music Friday UK you know it's all still very heavily American our plays have come from mm-hmm. and still again to this day it's, it's very heavily US so then we went oh well we're now getting you know more attention more requests we, we need to really become a band and we, then we started playing live much more and and have led on from there but we've always been a band that one has been chasing our tail in trying to keep up with that initial Play, like initial playlisting, really, the streams. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our streaming is, I know I'm aware this is a podcast, but our streaming, to, to show you physically, <laughs> is, is up here, and our, everything else is, is way down below. Our other metrics, nothing measures up to our, to okay. our streaming, um, which is something we've continually been, been trying to address. Um, but we've been a weird band because we've, you know, Nick then went, he then went to university, because he's, he's a bit younger, so he was really... Well, I think he was just in his first year. So right. he, was, he was kind of off the radar very heavily for the best part of 12 months after because he, he, he was very worried, I think, that me and Tudor both had uni degrees and he was the one that, if this all got serious, was going to be left in limbo a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of had this big bump of interest and then we kind of went quiet for a little while over the summer and then we wrote some more songs and then we have been a band that have had periods of bizarre you know, beyond our expectations, activity, playing Glastonbury, which was our ninth or tenth gig, you know, um, and getting radio and so that that was great. But then we've also been a band that have had periods of very little activity because somebody's been away or, uh-huh. or something has happened that has meant somebody's not so available for, you know, long periods of time mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so it is, it's a strange band to be in. jump forward till to kind of the last 12 months or so mm. 
have things changed dramatically, kicked on that little bit? Is there now much more of a, because I remember speaking to you about various kind of small little single deals with yeah. Cobalt label services and things like that. Yeah. New management coming on board at times and things like that. So is there now much more of a, okay, next 12 months, we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this and then this tour's gonna happen and then this is gonna happen. So much more kind of, I don't want to say generic, yeah. but much more scheduled, thought out, and planned. Yeah, planned it's, stuff. It's become that way. So we did two. We did two deals, um, EP deals with Cobalt. Uh, and, you know, after Low Tide and stuff, and that had mm -hmm. all kind of come about. So we got off the two deals. We've done. We've done them both. We've recouped them both. So we've we've recouped two deals through Cobalt. We're currently still technically with them, but but recouped. So we yep. are, um, you know. Uh, still work with them I guess at the time of me saying this um, we changed management as you said our old manager was great very enthusiastic but I think he got us to a certain point where he felt like and by his own admission he said I kind of don't really know where I can take you further than this now um, but from someone who's fairly savvy on the on the industry side of things being the artist in that yeah. how does that sit with with you as the artist, knowing that you're with someone that has kind of taken you to the level that they're able to take you to, it's it's it was fine once he admitted that. There was there were months of not great relationships before that. I, I again, I pull my hands up. I'm probably not the easiest person to manage because of the <laughs> fact that I am very aware of the business of, of music. Not that I love it and want to be, you know, hard-nosed mm. businessman or whatever, but, uh, you know, as you know, I have to, I like to stay relevant. And because my background initially was kind of more in the industry side of things, mm -hmm. slightly more, um, even though I didn't really want it, it was always songwriting and, and then by proxy artistry mm -hmm. that uh, was, was more interested and that's what I want to do. Um, but it was just know the industry you're going to go and work in. So I got to know it and yeah, was yeah. around it. So I think I would, I would always question things or, or call him up on things or whatever. So me and, me and him, by the end of it, you know, we didn't butt heads, we just didn't really talk right. much about it because he, I, t I think it took him a while to kind of admit that he didn't really know where else to go. And it's no bad thing either. Oh, I of mean, course, so we hold nothing against him. He did a fantastic yeah, job yeah. for us. Because, you know, I mean, there's, there's labels out there, there's managers out there that I guess they can specialise in that period of an artist's life between being completely unknown to when large multinational global companies start paying attention to them. Yeah. And it's a big old leap from one to the other. Uh, yeah, I think, and he, again, by his own admission, said that it was, maybe it was the dynamics of managing the three of us because, as I said, individually we are... We're very different, the three members of, of the band, mm -hmm. which works in a musical way, but you know, we, not because we don't like each other, we don't spend a lot of time with each other outside of our professional now you know, band experience. Mm -hmm. um, when we do, it, you know, we, we're absolutely all friends and we get on great, but just, you know, I personally, I, I'm not that sociable, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, but... Um, no, we well, just how, does that, how does that work then? Because a lot of people will say, you know, oh yeah, I've got 
my, my three best mates, we've started a band up and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and and we're going to live in a tour bus for for the next six months, and we're going to do that. Your your whole background to this group is much more professional yeah. than that. It was right. We're going to write some songs and and monetize that, and it's kind of turned into a band thing. And you just said there that you're not necessarily just mates where you're hanging out, going to the pub and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So what's the dynamics like and what's that like? It's it's strange, but I'm also aware that I'm the one telling you this and I'm the probably the one who, of the three of them, if the other two were here, they'd probably be saying that, that I was the, the the outcast maybe, okay. of the three. Okay. Um, so, so just because, I don't know, it's... No, it's not like I have no friends. No, no, like no. That. I mean, but I mean, a lot of people kind of from from the external side would say, "Oh, all bands must be mates." Oh, yeah. And that sort of stuff. Well, actually, it's not. Yeah. It's really not that. No. Especially, you know, if you even think about bands that have been bands for decades, it's their job. Yeah. And there's just so much you can tolerate of your job and your social life being one and the same thing yeah. and a lot of people don't realise just the intricacies that go into being a musical group yeah and it, and it was it was that you know we, we were seen we were friends initially you know that's how we all knew mm-hmm. each other was, yeah. was through a purely sociable um, you, know, you weren't manufactured thing. no we weren't manufactured <laughs> and it was it, but then it was alright because we we didn't really want to be a band or we didn't plan to be a band let's say when we decided to, it was let's be a band for professional reasons. You know, mm-hmm. we obviously enjoy it as well, and, and it's all based on a passion of the art of playing and writing music, mm-hmm. um, which and I've said this before. Of course, it should always be an an, an art form first, and a hobby. It, it should be monetized or a career if you want it to be, and there are obviously hoops you have to jump through if you want to if you want to mm-hmm. monetize it. So when it was becoming a collective, it, it was very much done on, on kind of professional, respectful terms. Bear in mind, you know, personally, I was in a band when I was 14 and 15 with my best mates in school, and we did that thing of we went and played to nobody, and we, you know, we drove around in our, well, initially we were being driven around <laughs> by one guy's dads or whatever. Yeah. So I've had that life, and it was cool, and I was in a band from, you know, 14 to 17 or 18 or something like that. Um, when we were in school and college, so it's not like I'm against any of that, mm-hmm. but it just with X one O circumstances were that it, it became, you know, let's do this because we enjoy it, but also we have an opportunity to to build on, you know, it seems to be people quite like, or some people in America quite like our stuff. <laughs> Everything that you've said at the moment has very much been the US has been where success has happened, where interest has happened through fault or no fault of of your own. Has a conversation happened to say we should go there for an amount of time? Yeah, increasingly so. Especially with new management, who's a totally different kettle of fish to to old management. Um, very much aware he he as a manager actually lived in the U.S. with a band that he took over in okay. in the nineties, I think. Um, so that has definitely come up. We, 
And then again, to kind of go back to your earlier point of, of how things have changed going, and is, is, is there more calculated, or is there a more calculated approach now? Mm -hmm. um, the thing we struggled with a long time was our live set, because initially we played, you can watch videos of us playing Glastonbury, and we, had a, we, had a sick, we were a six-piece live band, because I just kind of roped in my mates, really, right. my best mates, who were... Um, players back at home, yeah. singers and bassists, so we had, and we sounded like a rock band covering X, Y, and O, which I suppose kind of worked for a festival setting, because mm -hmm. it's a bit livelier, but it was misrepresentative, and we had a lot of feedback saying, it's really cool, but it's not really what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't, it's not what you're oh, listening to online. No, and, and they said, you know, one of the, I remember one of the feedback was, they're, they're a band who live uh, are running before they walked, in that they're they said you're like on your second or third album right. and you've brought in the backing singers and you brought in the, the percussionist playing, playing bongo and stuff. Right. Um, so we had a lot of fun doing it that way. But then after, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten gigs of it, then the feedback was, we like you, but we're not going to, booking agents primarily were saying, we like you, but we can't really work with you in this setting. But also it gets trickier if you've got six <coughs> or seven people doing that when there should only be only yeah. Three and actually, it makes it much easier for you to just turn up at a show um, when there's only three of you. Yeah, much much easier, much easier to transport. So now three of you in a laptop. Basically, it's kind of what it is, and, and and one guitar. So we we spent a lot of time recently. So the summer of what year is it now? Summer of 2017. We spent a lot of time redoing that live show, stripping it back to to so that it sounds like the recordings mm -hmm. um, and. Ho hopefully it's worked because we then got um, we then got offered uh, we, so we're now we're with the booking agents primary talent and that that happened um, maybe end of April I think this okay. year to twenty eighteen which is great that we're with them and fantastic and you know we were like wow you know we finally got a, a booking agent mm -hmm. and it's it's a very you know it's one of the big booking agents as mm -hmm. well with and the roster we're with is ridiculous of artists. Um, who our you know our agent books for within primary talent, um, but circumstances again just the the timing of things because it was April May, it was too late for us to be put in the ring for festivals and stuff like that, um, or so we're told. But obviously that's true. Um, so it's 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 more been let's look towards autumn I guess this year of to. to getting us out playing much more. Mm -hmm. um, we also have agents in America who, who are ready and waiting really for us to give them the green light to it. If we do want to go and mm -hmm. play in America, if we can make it you know, work in terms of, because of the cost, it's so much higher. Mm -hmm. um, so we were, we're now in a place where, it's strange because you know, and then we, we've had like some radio sessions and from radio play recently, we aren't a new band. Well, no, I was, I was going to mention that, that this is, you've got to a point where a lot of people might think bands just appear overnight, but this is four, pushing five years worth of hard work yeah. with to a, get with a couple to where of you are now. Nothingness in between, you yeah, know, yeah, strangely. Yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, hard work behind the scenes, yeah. honing your sound, figuring out what you are, who you are, what you want to do. Yeah. As you just pointed out, you know, going, do we really need to be playing live in this way, yeah. and all that sort of stuff? So it's not like, oh yeah, this new this new band that have disappeared, yeah. but you haven't. You've been kicking around for, yeah. for a fair old time, so it's not like something just appears and yeah, and, and it's and it's but it's always been again still it's the it's the U.S. you know 
plays that, that get more so. I think at one point we we get increasingly actually we're getting played streamed in in Europe a lot more. Right. Um, and, you know, Central Europe, mm-hmm. Poland, and places like that are, are playing us, and Scandinavia. Um, but I think at one point to give you just before we started working with our agents, we had. So we were featured on the news. We were on ITV News because in Wales they picked up about us and they were like, there's this Welsh band who no one's ever heard of in Wales. I saw that. Who have X amount of plays, you know, let's do a story on them and they did. Did you do a, a, a live session live in your session bedroom the, or something? Yeah, in Nick's bedroom on the news, which is, which is cool. Um, you know, we kind of hadn't practiced or anything. We thought, flip, let's just write these, let's just do them acoustically or whatever. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I remember saying on the news, we, our gig offers on the table at that point were I think we had a, we had two or three offers for Boston and somewhere else East Coast America mm-hmm. college shows can't go over there and play three gigs you know unless unless you're <laughs> yeah. going to fund it yourself yeah, yeah. Um, or you're getting paid paid a whack to go and do it um, so we had those two and then we had two gig offers one in Tallinn in Estonia and one in Saint Petersburg so those were our gig offers you know none in the UK one of the greatest tours I think <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> I didn't like the, the ear miles would have, you know, you'd have plucked some of them. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it would have been, yeah, imagine that. St. Petersburg to Boston. <laughs> and then back to Estonia. <laughs> I mean, if you just come in from, we wouldn't have been allowed in the country, would we? Um, so we've, it's been really weird. You know, the, the, the perception in the UK or the, res, the, uh, the, res, the way our music's been received in the UK mm-hmm. is all right, but it's had nowhere near the excitement that we've had in the US. Um, and yeah, we we aren't a new band as such. So people go, yeah, we've kind of heard of X Y No. You know, they they're that band that are they six or they three. You look at pictures of us. You, you know, you Google it, and it's just so bizarre because there'll be pictures of me with five big guys stood behind me. Because when we played Glastonbury, it was as a six piece, and we had these kind of stylized photos taken mm-hmm. for it. And then there'll be some photos of where it's just me and the other three. And we've always been. Our branding has, has never been great, probably because the three of us just aren't that bothered about it. Um, you know, increasingly we're becoming more aware of it, and new management have come in and said this needs to be sorted out because it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. You're so, you know, on one hand, it's it there's an, a, rom- a romanticism to the fact that you are enigmatic and you're a bit mysterious and. You don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really match our music. When our music is quite a kind of quite happy haze pop, we call it. Um, you know, it's, there's nothing, nothing mysterious about that music as such. Um, and then you look at the branding and go, I still don't really know if X, Y, and O is one guy, or if it's the three or the six, or which one does what. So we've always been yeah, fighting yeah. that, um, and it is. You know, sadly, not the part of the business that interests the three of us, which is why we've never really paid that much attention to. You mentioned that this all started from you being a producer and a songwriter in Cardiff. Is that still something that you've got bubbling away? Yeah. in the background of this are you still I mean what is the Cardiff scene like it, it's now really cool um, what it's, it's come on you know leaps and bounds as the industry is you know it's a healthier place I guess than it was five ten years ago I remember when I was in my 
I did my first year, I think, at university, I went to Cardiff Uni as well. Right. Um, and so it would have been about 2009. And Spotify had come out and it was yeah. fairly new and I was using it and I, th- I almost cried, I think, the first time I started using that. I remember being in my halls of residence. I didn't really want to be at uni, so I wasn't in the happiest place ever anyway. Right. But we had super fast broadband <laughs> and we were stuck in this little room studying a course and this thing called study. Spotify had and I just given you it. access to all music yeah, ever. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I think I just stayed in my room for about two weeks and didn't come out. Um, but at the time, it was dubstep was what was being played. Mm-hmm. So the radio was just playing dubstep. All those dubstep acts were getting signed and yep. releasing songs featuring each other. Um, all the all the nights in Cardiff, like I guess most places, were dubstep nights. Mm-hmm. And it was even though Spotify had emerged, it was it it wasn't the paladin that it is now. Yeah. Um, so the industry was like on its knees really badly. Mm-hmm. So the, in, the scene in Cardiff was really fairly non-existent. Um, there were a couple of venues that had shut and things like that. Fast forward almost 10 years, it's so much better now. And it's always been, you know, it's always the stereotype of the, of the South Walian is that it's always been a, a musical, musicality to, to that you know, part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course stereotypes have come from somewhere, so that you know there is element of truth to that. Um, so there has always been a, a, a fairly rich Welsh language scene. Yep. I don't speak Welsh. You know, I, I have very little insight into that other than I know it's there and I know it's it's celebrated. I know there are lots of artists who who do very well. You're not going to be doing a Welsh scene. language album anytime soon. No. Um, Tudor can speak Welsh actually in the band. So super furry animals, styly. Yeah. Well, actually, we, sh- we share a building where their studio is now. We have okay. a studio in the same building, and they are, yeah, colourful characters. Um, <laughs> so that's always been there. And in terms of the, the English original music scene, that has, has definitely now started to put up. And it's for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, one, the, the universities and the schools are now teaching music business and teaching the creative arts much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's now people realising that there are careers in it and it's not just a hobby yep. also because of the, the streaming and the growth of the industry there's a middle ground that's been added to the industry financially so people are earning <clears throat> 20 30 40 50 thousand a year it's quite not a nice way of looking at it actually because oh. some people will say that streaming has kind of enabled a huge amount of people to fill the scene fill the industry with lower quality material mm. I guess and there's probably but you've just you've kind of come to it looking at it from a much more glass half full yeah. perspective even though there's at the at the bottom and I, I kind of I don't like saying this but there is a lot of stuff that needs refining before it should have come out yeah but you're actually saying that there's this huge new bit where it's bigger it's more than those bands struggling but it's not quite as much as the superstars. Yeah. It's it's a career. As yeah, you put and, it. and there was a perception, you know, in music and probably things like acting, where it was either ultimate success, anything below that was failure. You know, you were you were either in the top ten charts mm-hmm. or you'd failed as a musician. You know, you were a, you were a wannabe musician, which maybe was true when perhaps there wasn't money being made at that level. Yeah. But now, yeah, there are, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I am one of them. People who make 20, 30, 40, 50,000 pounds a year from being a musician, being mm-hmm. a songwriter. And this thanks, in, <clears throat> in the most part, to streaming. Yeah. Um, that's allowed that. 
I mean, is that you know, if you wanted to not not putting a specific figure on it, but you know, is the money coming in from X, Y, and O a a, 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 a very nice annual salary? Um, I'm trying to work it out. I mean, the other you know, the th the three of us, as you know, I do other things as well. But, yeah, yeah. Um, the other two boys pretty much live off. Yeah. Before they come in, you know, it's it's a normal salary. No, but that, that's yeah. what I mean. It's not, it's not hundreds of thousands, but it's not zero. Yeah. It's you're not. It's wealthy. it's my job, and my job happens to be writing music and playing in a band and thinking about whether or not I should go to the states for a month. Yeah, yeah, and, and we it's not and a bad job to have, of course. And <laughs> we don't we don't want to come across as as sounding like we're taking that for granted. Like, oh well, you know, cool. We better be a band then, because you know people are playing us. Yeah, yeah. As I said earlier, and I reinstate it. You know, it was all of us come from a point where our passion is to play and create music, and we were able, and we we're very thankful and, and lucky to be able to have monetized it to mm -hmm. a point where it does give us an income. Yeah. Um, so by no means are we are we um, you know begrudgingly artists or anything like that. No. no, no. Um, but yeah, you know, so it, it's allowed that, and and going back to the. My, the point about you know Cardiff as a scene and lots of other cities I'm sure are the same because of that and because of there's a, a, a more positive attitude towards it you know sadly because there's probably more money being made mm -hmm. um, it has created a city now that's very actually quite progressive in, in its approach to to protecting you know and celebrating its cultural scene yep. so things like the age of the change principle and protecting venues from being closed Cardiff has been very vocal in, in, in protecting its creative hub, which is a street primarily called Womanby Street, um, where the bigger, you know, the more well-known venues are. Mm -hmm. um, there was a big Save Womanby Street campaign to stop uh, developers coming in and things like that. Uh, there's lots of little schemes now that are set up to help, like launch pad funding sort of things that they help new artists coming through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the BBC, they have a Horizons project, which is where they pick... I don't know how many, but maybe 10 or 20 artists a year, and they support them and put them onto, um, you know, they put them in studios and put them in on festivals. Yep. There's one called the Forte Project, which isn't Cardiff per se, but it's valley regions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the less privileged areas of South Wales, not that it's privileged, the, uh, the um, yeah, yeah. deprived areas. They, there's just a lot more going on, and people have just, you know, t started to run with music and, and the creative sector as, as a genuine sector, which it is, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Are there any other bands, artists, groups that you're in particular quite excited about coming from the scene that you're <coughs> from? Yeah, um, I mean, Estrons aren't a new band. They're a, a female-fronted, you know, rock band, I guess is what mm -hmm. you'd call them. Um, who I've known for a while, and they were actually a Welsh language band initially. Okay. Um, I think Estrons means aliens or strangers in Welsh, which is a cool name. Um, and yeah, and I was producing this stuff early on when they, mm -hmm. when they were singing in Welsh, but I kind of got them to sing some English songs. They've just come on leaps and bounds, and you know, they, they had loads of people after them. They tour all the time. They were a really good booking agent, great band. Mm -hmm. um, there's another rock band as well called Himalayas who are doing really good things, who are uh, young guys who are doing, um, playing, you know, they, from, we saw them, we played with them actually quite early on and to where they are now in, in two years, you know, they're doing really good things. Again, 
um, sort of rock stuff. There's the pop movement again is picking up, and there's one in particular, one female artist who's getting a lot of attention called Hannah 2K. Right. She's been. I remember people emailing me asking if I knew her from a songwriting perspective when she was probably like 14 at the time. I think she's now 18. Mm -hmm. But she has been, she's had a lot of attention and she's had a lot of big managers and stuff working with her through the years. I think she's now managed by the same manager as Tom Mish. Um, But she is one who is certainly um, one to, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, will be going on to sign or if that's what she wants to do. Um, And, you know, this shows the diversification. So she is very pop. Yeah. Um, And then Estrons and Himalayas and bands like that are... Um, and Boy Azuga, who are another band who've been picked up by Heavenly and played Jules Holland and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a band or, or a guy with a band, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, they are, that's alt-rock. Mm-hmm. And then you have the super pop over here and everything in between that. Um, so it's, it's good now. Mm-hmm. Know, it's, 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 it's always been all right, but particularly at the moment, it's, it's, it's very good. What's, what's in the immediate future for yourself? So f- for myself... Um, Slash band. Yeah, well, the band's probably easier. So we, as I said, we're now with live agents um, who are looking to put together dates, you know, be that a string of dates or support slots or whatever, um, hopefully autumn and, and winter this year, which is great. We have two singles done, one of which we're hoping to get out depending on when this is broadcast, but it's due maybe to be September or, or October 2018 to bring out the next single with the same old, you know, release and all that around it and videos and stuff like that. I'm sure they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, individually, I I actually work on some solo tracks now, okay. um, which, which have always been there or thereabouts. Again, it was kind of born out of these are songs that I could write for somebody else to sing. Um, but again, it's come to the point where managers and stuff have said, well, why don't you sing them? Right. Um, which I am all, all, all for, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I was writing songs outside of X, Y, No, you know, writing the music and you know, more, more of the songs, I suppose. And then we were kind of, some of them worked as, as an, in an X, Y, No setting, but some of them didn't because they are essentially singer-songwritery songs that we're trying to jam them into an electro haze pop, you know, beat electro-driven thing didn't always work. Mm-hmm. So I had, I was kind of increasingly building up a catalogue of songs that weren't working for in the X, Y, No thing, or, or ne- were never really supposed to, to be in that. Um, again, old manager was very against the fact that I was doing that. And I found that really difficult because it was, I felt like I was being um, suppressed, you know, cr- okay. creatively, which is never a good thing to do to any, any quote, creative. creative yeah. um, so I just got annoyed and frustrated and just kept, kept on writing these songs almost in protest because I wanted to diversify myself as an art, artist. Uh, but then our new manager came along and he was very much in favour of, cool, you've got songs here. doesn't matter. You know, it's portfolio career, I guess, now. Put them out as a solo a portfolio artist. Portfolio artist yeah. career. Or, or put them out as a, as a songwriter and we'll try and get someone to sing them. But then it became, you know, well, you've, you've played Glastonbury. You, you know, you've done this. You, you've you can get up on a stage and do it. So 
get behind him as an artist if you want and do him as an artist, which is, you know, something which I've decided to do. Cool. Um, so I got them to come out as well. You know, independently, the three of us as X Y N O, we all write and work. You know, Tudor writes some works with other people, um, some that are doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a beat producer and, and a top line writer, Nick, uh, because he's so gifted as a musician, you know, is very capable, and he dips in and out of various bands, and and increasingly, I think he's working on kind of a Tom Mishy style solo EP thing. I think, right? And we've always been aware that each other's are doing that stuff, um, and then we collectively come back to X Y and O and and release and play live, and mm-hmm. and it's cool. Um, so yeah, for me personally, it, it's now. Um, about still about X Y N O, but also now about some solo work too, which is still commercial-ish. I hope, um, but no means is it. It's just not electro <laughs> anymore. And that was Skip. Massive, massive, massive thank you to Skip for taking the time out to talk to me. Like with every single one of the guests that have given me their time, I'm greatly, greatly appreciated to all of them for the time it's for the time they've they've taken out of their schedules to listen and talk with me. It's very much appreciated. Um, do check out XYNO; they're a cracking band. Uh, their email, their do check out XYO. They're a cracking band. Find them at xyando.com or on Instagram xyando or at Twitter on xyando music. Um, there, as was mentioned in the podcast, their next single will be released imminently. So do check it out. Um, if you're interested in getting in touch with Skip or with myself, if you've got any burning questions that you would like to pose to Skip about your own band or your own um, insights into any of the to- uh, any of the conversation topics that we had in this podcast, please do get in touch with me at behindthebusinesspod.com. And as I've mentioned previously, you can follow the show for updates or anything like that on Instagram, which is at Behind the Business Pod. So, eight episodes down. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, follow, etc., etc., etc. Until next time, until next week, Christian Slater. <laughs>